Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In New Orleans, we're very particular about certain things that people in other cities don't take too seriously. Among them, rice and beans and groceries. Our favorite red beans and our loyalty to our local grocery store can approach eh, the dedication of a religion. And so it's something of a miracle that New Orleanians swear by Blue Runner beans, beans that come in a can, and that we've made the national grocery chain Costco a local hit from the day it opened in 2013 with lines out the door. Why have we, a city of fierce traditionalists, taken to canned beans in a big chain grocery store? Well, one person who's well positioned to answer the beans question is the president of Blue Runner Beans, Ricky Thomas. Uh, Ricky, welcome out to lunch. I'm happy to be here. Now, to answer the question about why New Orleanians have taken to Costco, we turn to somebody who might have a few clues about that. The marketing manager of Costco New Orleans, Pamela Senator. Pamela, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Now, Richard, the obvious answer to why New Orleanians like Blue Runner is because we like the taste. Uh, Pamela, the obvious answer to why we like Costco is because it's cheap. But let's go beyond that and talk about the bigger business picture and where your companies fit into the local landscape. Now, now, Ricky, let's start with you. You took a food line that uh, started up in 1950 as Gonzalez Products, and in 1993, you rebranded it with the name Blue Runner, and you added a bunch of other canned beans to the traditional red beans. For a prepared food product to have survived 40-plus years in the New Orleans market, Gonzalez must have been doing something right, and New Orleanians are very loyal. In hindsight, though, we know the change worked out very well, but at the time, it must have been something of a risk. What were you thinking when you bought and rebranded the business? Well, what, there wasn't any risk at all. First of all, what you said earlier was dead on. Red beans and rice is a religion in New Orleans. <laughs> if you don't eat red beans and rice every week, you're not from New Orleans. When you move to New Orleans, you start eating red beans and rice once a week. Because if you don't, the Saints are going to lose, hurricane's going to happen. You have to eat <laughs> red beans and rice every it's week. It's all tied together? So it's all tied together. Wow. So there was no risk in jumping into a business where someone eats it every single week or they're not going to have good luck. So basically, it was a very simple decision. So even though the name changed? The name, was, the name of the brand was always Blue Runner Foods, Blue Runner Red Beans. And so that was the name well known with our consumers. We've been doing Creole, Creole meals since almost 100 years under several brand names, but Blue Runner was the name of the Red Beans. So it made a lot of sense just to rebrand the company and call it Blue Runner. Now, this is an odd segue, but I, uh, I walk, run, the Crescent City Classic every year, very slowly, mm -hmm. and I've never met any of those, those winners from, from those African nations. I've never met any of those guys. But, um, they, uh, but I, was, I see you're a big sponsor, and last year when I was running, somebody told me that you owned the race. Yeah, the race was um, uh, the old owner, um, Rick Lusky, had passed away, and he, had a, um, he was the owner of the race. <clears throat> he licensed the race to a nonprofit foundation, the Crescent City Fitness Foundation. Um, I bought the race from um, Rick's widow at the time, and we 
have rebranded that event. We license it to the exact same Crest City Fitness Foundation, 501c3 nonprofit, and they continue to produce the race. Um, but we've just inserted what we do best with marketing and branding and kind of brought back this old gem from New Orleans, the Crest City Classic. Okay. Um, title sponsors, Allstate Sugar Bowl, they came on board right away and together working with them and Mick Lowe Bulcher, we've been able to put together what we think is the best race in the country. And uh, how many, I, it's thousands, but how many people run it each year? We had year? 25, just below 25,000 this past year. <laughs> now, Pamela, Costco represents a major change in what we in New Orleans call making groceries. So from what I can tell, and this is far from scientific, but as a grocery shopper, since Costco opened, there don't seem to be any fewer people in any of the other supermarkets, and yet Costco is doing phenomenal business. Uh, before you opened here, you did research. Did it tell you that you would change the landscape of grocery shopping? And is my non-scientific observation correct, or is Costco, in fact, eating into the businesses of uh, other grocery stores? Well, first, let me start off with the fact that Costco does not just sell groceries. We happen to sell more fine just diamonds than anyone, F but fine diamonds than anyone but Tiffany. We sell more fine wine than anyone in the world. Uh, we've got all kinds of seasonal items that uh, that go from camping gear and sporting goods to generators and guy stuff. I like to say automotive. <laughs> I mean, you know. We have a pharmacy, we have optical, we have hearing, we have Costco.com, which has many, many items that you won't even find in the store. So it's so much more than a grocery store. And I think, you know, where we fit into the New Orleans landscape is, you know, New Orleans loves its mom and pops, there's no doubt about it. And the fact is that Costco came into being to support small business. You could not have been a member of the organization, of, of the club, if you, if you will, without, uh, without being a small business at the time. So the fact is we have lots of services and, and, and uh, items and products that are really geared toward helping and helping small businesses flourish. So I think you know, there's a community feel there. There's, a, there's a, a, a place for people to come and meet each other and talk about what cool things they've just found. Uh, you know, it's a company that is committed to providing quality uh, goods and services to its members. So who doesn't want to be a part of that? Let me ask you a question. I was talking with a stock analyst uh, a couple of months ago, and he might have just been um, generalizing, but he was saying that Costco really makes their money on the membership and that things are basically sold at cost. Is that too far off? Or? No, that's quite true, actually. So, uh, you know, our commitment to our, our, our pricing, our low, our low prices to our members, our, our margins are very, very small. And the, the, the profit for the organization comes from membership fees. So you can count when you go in there. If you become, if you decide to uh, become a Costco member, you can count on receiving the best possible prices that you'll find anywhere. Is, uh, is it like fraternities or the hazing pro uh, process or anything like that? Just to become a member? No, actually, no. you know what? We've got all kinds of wonderful incentives in place okay, that people yeah. kind of, it's almost like a, you know, too good to be true kind of thing, but it is quite <laughs> true and, and people are starting to realize that. Okay, I'm, I'm over my fear now. We've I'll broken all kinds of records, by the way, um, corporate records in terms of this membership particular store? at this particular store. People are so pleased to be spending their money in Orleans Parish. Wow. Their tax dollars. We know that's a big deal. Now, Ricky, yeah. how big is your footprint for uh, selling the goods? Well, our primary market is what we call our core market, which is New Orleans spreading out from there, <clears throat> the Gulf Coast region, I'd say from Houston, Texas, through the panhandle of Florida, and a little bit up north. But we sell products all over the country, um, pretty much in all 50 states, but not in, in volume, like, like we do in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast region. Like I noticed, when you go to grocery stores in uh, other places, they don't have, they don't take up shelves and shelves of beans the way we do. <laughs> no, I, I guess, you know, um, the people from New Orleans just, you know, born and raised, eating red beans and rice, um, 
so often and so consistently that um, the shelf space allocation in grocery stores or in Costco, they'll allocate space according to what the demand is. We just have a large demand. And that's what I was going to just ask you. I, when I talk mm -hmm. to retailers, they say that is a brutal battle to get shelf <coughs> space. Uh, how do you do it against the big boys? Um, it's very difficult. I mean, you've got to have um, a great quality product. You've got to have um, good quality labeling, marketing, and support. And then you've got to have something that when someone buys, they want to come back and buy it again. So the consumers ultimately dictate who survives in a grocery store. It's not, it's not really the grocery stores, it's not really the retailers, it's all about the consumers. And, and you take that literally? They stock what people, want to, what people want to come consume. So people, um, sometimes people are asking for a particular brand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, people will go in and certainly talk to the store managers and say, I want this brand or this product. And most managers take immediate notice of that. I mean, they want to know what their consumers are interested in. They'll try and stock what the consumers want to buy. Of course, post-Katrina, when a lot of folks from New Orleans spread out all over the southern part of the United States, um, we had a lot of store requests calling and saying, we need, we need to stock your products. We don't know about them, but we've got... I've got all kinds of people in my store that want to buy blue and red beans now. So <laughs> that was um, actually helped us gain new distribution. We kind of followed our consumers to wherever they moved to. These disasters always have some positive. Uh... There's always a silver lining. <laughs> <later. clears throat> <clears throat> but it's not really a silver lining. It's just, you know, if you're from New Orleans and you've got to have your blue and beans, you know, you've you got to have them and you're going to kill that store manager until he stocks them. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, if you don't eat them, then the hurricanes come and, well, I don't, you know, there's a, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you need to eat them every week or the, or the, you know, <laughs> just to bring good luck in your life. Absolutely. They, uh, oh, you know, we talked about loyalty. We talked about loyalty to the, to Blue Runner, but, uh, Pamela, loyalty on your side is kind of interesting because you do have people, Costco is sort of like, I mean, it's sort of like a cult, you know, it. <laughs> A good call. Yeah, good call. Really, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bringing up the Manson name at all. I'm just saying this is uh, the. Uh, well, it but is, it is it's true. There are blogs that are dedicated to uh, the love of Costco. There are Facebook pages just for Costco, and it's just. Uh, I think it's because there is that care taken to. It's all about take care of the member. Take care of the member. I mean, if we don't hear that every day, you know, if our employees don't hear that every day. We're taught, you know, we're. Everyone's told when they're hired, if you don't smile, you're, I'm sorry, your, your time is, you're limited, you're limited <laughs> here, you know? Because we really want to create a, an environment where people feel like they belong. They are members after all, they pay money to, to, to shop there. Uh, we want to make their experience as, as good as it can possibly be. You know, right. we're kind of members of the hospitality industry in a way, in, in, in the way we view it. You know, you come here, you're going to be taken care of. Uh, we're going to make you happy. We want it to be a good experience for you and your family. Are right? there certain things that tend to be kind of uh, lost leaders, uh, things that people price in their head and know the price of, and that they're going to check that against? Well, I think a loss leader, I believe the technical term of that is that you're going to... Actually, you know, have a loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to carry something right. at a loss so that, so that people will come in and, and shop with other things. So it's, it's, that's sort of not the case there because everything is priced very, very uh, fairly, uh, very reasonably uh, within that, those, that very narrow margin that I talked to you about. So um, are there items that, that are more popular? I mean, people love our, we have Kirkland Signature as our house brand and it promises to be better or at least as good as any national brand that you might enjoy. So, you know, our paper products are very popular. Um, our laundry detergent is incredibly popular. Even our wines, I mean, the Kirkland Signature Champagne is from the Champagne region of France. Our Kirkland Signature Vodka is for all intents and purposes Grey Goose. We bought a, a Grey Goose distillery in France. 
So wow. it's and it's at half the price. So uh, <laughs> so really, you know, it's just there's there's no um, you know there's no Kool-Aid to be drunk here because it, 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 it is a fact, you know, and I'm, I'm actually quite honored to be working with a company that does live in that place of integrity. We really want to create a, an environment where people feel like they belong. They are members after all, they pay money to, to, to shop there. Uh, we want to make their experience as, as good as it can possibly be. You know, we're kind of members of the hospitality industry in a way, in, in, in the way we view it. You know, you come here, you're going to be taken care of, uh, we're going to make you happy. We want it to be a good experience for you and your family. You know, it's time we do the checklist, and that's the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. And Ricky, this one has got to kind of be perfect for you. When you were a child, were you in uh, leadership or entrepreneurial uh, roles? Did Would your parents have seen this coming? I would say absolutely not. You know, I, <laughs> I kind of, I, I, I used to just hide and, and try not to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> But I was always into sales and marketing. You know, I, I always had my finger into something that was going to produce something or sell something. So I guess that was the part that was in my blood. That that part, that that yeah. idea that kind yeah. of convinced other people of uh, your ideas and the, the, yeah, not necessarily my ideas, but products. You know, I've always been a product person. <clears throat> so Blue Runner just fit perfect. In and that what realm. Uh, you know, what gave you the courage to? I mean, obviously, it's an expensive acquisition. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it just seemed like a good. A good idea at the time. <laughs> it was a, it was a big risk. Um, the brand was pretty well established. There was a uh, a handful of companies that came along with Blue Runner, so it was it was multiple companies. But um, just you know, it was somewhat of a risk. But it was uh, I figured the payout would be good. You know, Blue Runner is uh, one of those iconic labels of New Orleans, and it's almost like it's a piece of your life. You grow up. I'm born and raised in New Orleans, and um, you know we've seen all these brands disappear from our landscape. <clears throat> whether it be K&B or D.H. Holmes, right. and I could, the list goes on and on, Schwegman Supermarkets. And um, I just felt like Blue Runner was such a great New Orleans brand. It would be, you know, it's, I'm very proud that I could keep it in the city. That's, you know, it's funny you mentioned Schwegman's because uh, Pamela being from Costco, and I don't know if you're familiar with the store when it, it was here, but when you think, I have this conversation with people all the time, they were huge forerunners in this. I mean, that was a supermarket that did everything. I mean, they were probably the original Costco. Yeah, the that's 50s, the way I always think know, of it. You know, far back, you know, they were. And you could they drink were Costco before Costco was Costco. Right, and you could drink cans of beer while you were shopping. You which could was go really get amazing. beer as soon as you checked into the, the customer service counter. <laughs> I bet that added to the, uh, the bill there a little bit. I was just like, oh, Absolute, let's get this. Absolutely added to the, uh, the colorful environment. <laughs> now, Pamela, what were your career plans when you were back in college? You know, I knew that I had a marketing degree at Georgetown, and I, you know, I, I knew that uh, my father was had a financial planner, sold life insurance. You know, everyone knew Charlie in, in uh, Huntington, Long Island, where I grew up. So, uh, I think you know, I didn't have any specific plans. I was always rather jealous of people who knew exactly what <laughs> they wanted to do their entire life long. But, but for me, it was a matter of just you know knowing I, how much I enjoyed people, knowing how much you know if I'm passionate about something, I can communicate that passion, and I can get people excited about about things. So, uh, you know, whatever wherever my life has taken me so far, those kinds of skills have benefited me, and I'm usually kind of open to the next opportunity. And you you made Ricky and I rather jealous. You were telling us earlier what you did in the early years. You were did some work uh, with what Saturday Night Live and NBC. Yes, and I did. That was my first job out of university, so uh, it was great fun. I have stories to tell. I have to say. Were you but, there during uh, the Belushi years, or? Uh, uh, well, I'm going to be dating myself, but it was the last year of Belushi Ackroyd, first year of Eddie Murphy. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, while I was there. I know so. women don't tell their age, but 
if you give these tents away, <laughs> oh, we whatever. can do you this. Know, I'm so over <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm so over that. You know, I'm just like, it is what it is. <laughs> Pamela, one thing um, that I've actually heard before is that uh, smaller uh, businesses, uh, whether they're uh, restaurants or grocery stores or all, they're actually your shoppers. Is that, is that true? Well, you know, we're true uh, wholesalers. So, you know, they come in, they're members, they come in, they find really great prices, so they can purchase them and then resell them on their own shelves. So, so yes, uh, absolutely. We actually support, in, in a way, um, the, the smaller grocers around town. Pamela, Ricky, I want to take a minute to introduce you to Jonathan Howes. Uh, he, we met Jonathan through 52 businesses. Now, they specialize in uncovering entrepreneurs in the early stages of development. And Jonathan's entrepreneurial idea is called Round One. And uh, Pamela, Ricky, I've got to tell you, I don't know what it is either. So we're all in the same, uh, same boat here. I'm going to give Jonathan one minute to tell you about it. And then I'm going to give you each a chance to ask Jonathan one question, a question that you think he'll need to be able to answer to move his business forward. So uh, Jonathan, give us, your, give us your pitch. Sure. So uh, round one is part of Revelry, the company. So Revelry is a software development shop here in New Orleans. We build websites, mobile apps, anything digital. Uh, so round one is sort of us putting a wrapper around something that we've done a lot with startups in New Orleans and elsewhere. Uh, where we actually invest human capital into those companies. So we will discount our normal development rate in return for equity or convertible debt, making our development costs affordable to some of these bootstrap startups. Um, so it's almost an accelerator, but we're actually building the digital products, whatever they happen to need, if it's a mobile app or a website. Um, in addition to that, you know, our resources become their resources. We have a monetary investment in that company, so our investors become, you know, are teed up for them, so to speak, and then just like a different type of accelerator or incubator you're familiar with in town, all the mentoring that goes into getting their product actually built and then getting it to market quickly and efficiently, cheaply, um, to stay within the typical startup's budget. It's kind of a great concept. Um, you know, rather than being a nonprofit, you're ab you're absolutely a, a profit. Um, you know, a, 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 an organization that wishes to make a profit on its endeavors, but uh, but providing some help and assistance at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so your customers are basically other businesses. Your business B two B model, and more specifically, primarily startups um, that need round one to come in and and, and do their internet marketing, all the things you just described. So how do you find customers and are there enough of them out there? <laughs> uh, there are plenty of them out there. There are startups popping up every day if you subscribe to the kind of things that I do. It's overwhelming the number of entrepreneurs that are launching their businesses here and elsewhere. Um, so there are plenty of opportunities. New Orleans, we're pretty well established um, in New Orleans and a lot of the other uh, advisors and people that are in this space will actually offer us up as a resource to get a product built or potentially be an accelerator with the round one program. Um, the, the trick and our, our, I guess our, what we're trying to accomplish now is get the same sort of notoriety and position in other markets like San Francisco, New York, um, where it's the same sort of entrepreneurial community is here only 10, 20, 30 fold, whatever it is, it's just much bigger, so. 
Well, I'm just curious because I, I know, you know, being a startup company, um, I, I, I'm very familiar with the lack of funds that so many of them have. I mean, how even even the 50% the discount that you're providing is often too much for some of these companies that even have, you know, great ideas. Sure. Um, you know, are there that many out there who can actually afford your services? Because yeah, I mean, it's we 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 try to focus on companies that um, are either close to a seed round or a Series A, so that they can't. A Series afford A is a, they're typically your first large investment in a startup. So yeah, we there are those instances where we'll do more or less. It all depends on how much we believe in it and the founder. Um, but more often than not, we're marketing to those that can at least afford half the half the rate. Now, Jonathan, thanks so much for, for coming by today. I, we look forward to following the progress of, of round one. Now, we're going to stick around a little longer after the show and talk more about round one. You'll be able to hear the rest of the conversation with Jonathan Howes on our website, itsneworleans.com. Pamela Senator, Ricky Thomas, making groceries and eating rice and beans is about as New Orleans as it gets. New Orleanians hold you to a high standard on both fronts. So congratulations on your continued success in the case of Blue Runner and your immediate success in the case of uh, local Costco. Uh, Pamela, Ricky, uh, thank you both for joining me on, on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you, you, Peter. So it's, been, it's, been, it's been fun. God, I learned a lot. And now you get to eat, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Ricky Thomas, president of Blue Runner Foods, and Pamela Senator. She's the marketing manager of Costco New Orleans. You can find out more about R Ricky's Beans and Pamela's store by following the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Today's show is produced by Graham DePonte. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. The gracious and opinionated Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. Information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at presonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. 